Oh, hey, Brian. What's up, man? Juggernaut 5 requesting permission to enter. I don't know what that means. Like, just let me in, dude. Hold on. Did you bring the chips you were supposed to bring? I'll be right back. Welcome in to the Bro Fort Squad podcast. We're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. I'm your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. Thank you so much for checking us out for our review of The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 7, titled The Believer. Joining me tonight are the American hero Nate Thurmond and the mad scientist Brian Banner to review this as we do all of our TV episodes on the four Bro Fort Squad criteria which is the acting, the story, our favorite scene, and then any theories or questions going forward. So, pretty big cast in this episode. A lot of returning faces. Probably the most ensemble episode we've had to date. Nate, what did you think of uh, the performances that we got in this episode? Yeah, it was really cool seeing a lot of the people back together. Um, So obviously we're getting Boba, Fennec, Cara Dune, Mando, always in it, and then um, busting out Mayfield, Bill Burr coming back <clears throat> for a reprised role, um, which I think we had, we'd spoken on the last, uh, last pod. I'm happy that that episode with Bill Burr actually means something now. So um, overall, I thought the acting was, was really great. Um, had some also uh, kind of ancillary characters, um, such as uh, Valen Hess, who was played by Richard break i thought he did a great job he was like the imperial diehard kind of general there that um uh, mayfield and, and mando were talking to he actually was the night king in game of thrones for the last two seasons so you know who was- else he is in batman begins he's the guy in the courtroom who actually murdered bruce's parents oh yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, I, I did that. not know that but but yeah, bringing in people like that is cool. Getting these little like Easter eggs. Oh shit, I've seen him in this and this, and um, he did a really cool job. And uh, it was actually interesting. I was going to bring this up in, in plot, but um, I'll just say it now. He had a southern accent as like an imperial officer, which was a, a little different. I kind of liked it though, just like his his slower draw on everything. Uh, but it obviously was a change of pace from your typical British um, speaking imperial people are just a lot of people in star Wars in general. So his Southern draw on that kind of brought a different flair and different flavor to it, which was kind of cool. And, um, another thing that you may shit on, but Cara Dune's acting, I don't think it was that bad in this episode. Oh dude, it was fucking <laughs> horrendous. Like, okay, did we Bill watch Burr. the same episode? Bill Nate? Burr is this yeah. stand up comic by trade. And he was acting circles around Gina Carano. In fact, I was if I'm a Bill Burr, when I watched it, but I don't know. Maybe that. If I'm maybe Bill that. Burr, my next stand-up special, I just get on stage and go, "Here's a joke. Gina Carano's acting. That's my joke." I don't know if Bill Burr was. I mean, I thought Bill Burr was really good in this episode. Like, I no, did not sure. know. I think Bill Burr is extremely underrated as an actor. Well, Obviously, that was the other he, thing. Go ahead. 
I, as you say, obviously he is a, a comedian by trade, like Jeff said, but he did a phenomenal job of taking a what we thought was a throw rate character from the first season, giving that character a ton of depth and a ton of emotion and like making me kind of feel and understand for him. Like he was a complete douchebag in the first time we saw him in the first season. Completely changed my thinking of him uh, about that episode as well as this one. Bill Burr deserves all the credit of making this episode phenomenal. I mean, this yeah. was his episode, really. And that's a that's a really great point. I'll just say this last thing and throw it back to, to Horns, whoever. But um, yeah, his short-lived character arc, or maybe it's longer, but it has been great. Um, and probably something I'll bring up in plot again too. But um, so I won't touch on it too much. But yeah, his character arc and how he's like changed and his feelings are more depth and like it's like you said a lot more depth um he, he did a really great job and i like how yeah, they he, let him still be bill burr mm-hmm. like he still had those funny kind of one-liner quirky like what the fuck's wrong with you man kind of mentality i don't know he just did a really good job what do i you think, wonder Jeff? if if this was an instance where you know the episode last season was i don't want to say stunt casting to put him in but it but it was kind of a cool deal to see Bill Burr show up. And I wonder if after that episode, they started thinking, actually, he fit way better in this universe than we thought he would. And it was almost like we need to get him in season two. But he was so well utilized here. Like Nate said, I don't know if this was the plan all along, but I mean, this just makes his that that episode in season one was when we were really starting to get a little bit of trepidation. Like, is this just going to be like every week gimmick stunt casting and like a, a, a monster of the week or an adventure of the week? But now they've made his plot thread in the narrative for his Mayfeld. I mean, look at the depth on his character. It's like I was like blown away by the character development they gave him in this episode, which I'm sure we'll get into in story. But they gave him meat on the bone, and the dude really stepped up to the plate, I thought. You guys want to say anything about Fennec and or Tamir Morrison? I mean, I, I actually wish they were in the episode more, but I do realize that there's only a certain number of shots to go around. So that would be at the expense of someone else. And I actually liked what they did with Mayfeld. So I don't really know where the screen time would have came from. Yeah, I think, I think they were fine. They kind of got their episode last episode. Um, so they showed us, Hey, they're still here. They're still doing some badass shit, but we're going to give, you know, we, we're going to give the ball to somebody else. You can't shoot a hundred percent of the time. You got to pass it sometimes. Ask Kobe. Oh, well, damn it. Never mind. Wow, I, I did. I didn't even mean to. Wow, that was. Know, we, how do we feel about Pedro Pascal? Huh? And I, I just wanted to make the Kobe joke like he never passed, and then like, damn it, he fucking died this year. Damn it, he did pass in February yeah. of twenty twenty. But I could tell by the look on your face that it was not. It wasn't yeah. intentional. I like. I was like, damn it, I can't make like jokes like that anymore. <laughs> uh, and then last, extremely thing. distasteful. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously Pedro Pascal. So I was definitely not expecting to see his face again in this series unless there was like a death scene and it wasn't as intense i think as season one but the way that they're sparingly doing it which they should based on the mandalorian creed i mean it's been really effective both times they've had him remove his helmet and the way that they set it up for him to remove this like last season you kind of saw it coming this season i did not see it coming at all like you said jeff and the way they set it up i still didn't see it coming until it happened when he's up there at the arcade machine with his helmet off, he's just like so fucking angry the whole time. And I'm like, I get it, bro. I've been yeah. there. Yeah, he's. Yep. It, it kind of plays into, I mean, the whole premise behind this 
this mad goose chase that they're on going for Grogu now. It's he is so committed to this and he's committed over anything else that he ever has been in his life that he will break this rule so he can accomplish this goal, which yeah. is a testament to how far he's come from the beginning of the, the series. And the message at the end that he delivers to Boff Gideon definitely drives that point home for sure. Using his own lines against him, my God. I was going to say something about that, yeah. Yeah. Ultimate slap in the face. It's like running the triple option against Army and beating them. It's like, dude, <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> All right, on to story and plot. According to IMDb, the plot synopsis is, to move against the Empire, the Mandalorian needs the help of an old enemy. And I had just written down, really, where the story took us here, they obviously free Mayfeld with the help of Cara Dune in the beginning to help track Moff Gideon due to his old ties... Uh, to the Empire as an Imperial, what was he, like a fighter pilot? Sharpshooter or... or something? Yeah. Uh, and he takes him to the planet Morak, where they, of course, impersonate uh, Imperial transporters and are able to get the information on how to contact, and I'm assuming find, Moff Gideon. So, Banner, what did you think of the story plot here? This, I think this episode shows, this shows strength. Its biggest strength is also its biggest, most worst enemy. Let me explain. Because Please you guys tell. are extremely <laughs> confused. <laughs> Thank you for the dramatic pause for no reason. <laughs> the strength in the show is that every episode, really aside from the Frog Lady Ice uh, Planet episode, even going back to the first season, totally is a really strong singular episode. And every single one of those has a little breadcrumb. But we don't really ever get one episode that ties all those. We don't have that glue episode. We don't have that one episode where everything comes to a head because every episode is so good. Does that make any sense or am I just stoned? No, as you were saying, like that. Yeah, the episodes don't build to one massive moment is what you're saying, because they give us pretty substantial moments along the way. Right. Right. Every episode is so strong in the by itself. They don't necessarily need that big aha moment, which I've been waiting for. But at the same time, like, I can't go. I didn't like this episode. The, the episode was fan-fucking-tastic. There was great action, great emotion, great everything. But yet, I still don't know what we're building towards at the end. We don't have that, okay, they just had to give us this shit so that we knew it to get us to that aha moment. And every time I think I can kind of put the pieces together and sort of look down the look down the road at where the story's going, they actually end up having a pay, at least this season, they've had a payoff pretty, like, sooner than I thought for a respective story arc. Like, Boba Fett, I didn't know if we would see him at all this season or where it would play out in the end, and then he shows up last episode on Titan. And for all intents and purposes, I mean, his character, I feel like, is paid off now. It's just, like, how does it end with Mando? So I get what you're saying. I don't think there's, like, one grand reveal that they kind of string us along for the whole season they give this season they've given us like you said little breadcrumbs along the way nate how about you uh yeah i mean i thought this one was was productive um like banner was saying yeah it still had a lot of emotion a lot of a lot of depth um within every scene pretty much um so yeah just just as kind of like overall yeah lots of action um there was a lot obviously a lot of emotional things with uh, Mando taking his helmet off. Um, you're seeing connections between Mando and Mayfield now. 
um, because they've actually gone to war together uh, <clears throat> in a in a general sense. So now they were they're enemies. They've, they've kind of come full circle, um, which that kind of played into the part of Bill Burr's character arc that I was talking about. He, he's kind of come full circle. It's great. There was a very touching moment whenever he basically says, "I didn't see your face. You did what you had to do." So he actually is. He, he's I he's empathizing. That, I know that was so great. He's actually empathizing with people at that point, um, which the previous episode he was in, it was just him shit talking the whole time. He actually, I think there was probably a line where he gave him shit for not taking off his helmet. Um, but yeah, it it was great. Um, we we have a new piece. We have the piece that is probably going to get them to Moth Gideon. So that's awesome that they actually accomplished something in this episode. Um, but a, a couple of things not really going off of just kind of the uh, storyline and everything, but th- some things that were in there that were pretty cool is, uh, I can't remember what part it was, but you see at-ats like in water being repurposed as like cranes. Yeah. At some point, like pulling. Like, like when spaceships. they fly in. Yeah, that's when it was. Yeah. with That, that was pretty cool seeing like the rebuilding of the empire, uh, so to speak. So that, that was a cool throwback. Um, and then, uh, this, the slave one rotation when they got Boba, Boba Fett's ship and they're sitting there and you see the wall start rotating. Like, finally, yeah, that I fucking cool. know what it does inside because it looks so confusing when it's flying well, around. It's like this and, way, this way. And that was interesting too, because Mayfield's like, I mean, we need to get this rotated cause I'm about to shoot the fucking tanker on the top of this base. So get yeah. me in a position right below stuff up. Yeah. Cause we've been wondering that. I mean, I've actually been wondering that since Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Slave One, I believe, was Django's ship first. Yeah, and most recently, the... yeah. The last episode, you see it fly in and then rotate. I'm like, how is he sitting? And it's never been explained. And then they saw the rotate. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing that's, that's kind of cool that maybe just dawned on me this this episode is a connection between Kara and, and Mando, Kara Dune and, and Mando. They're both from uh, foregone worlds. Um, both their worlds really don't exist now anymore. Um, so they're, they're kind of dead worlds, and that's kind of when their connections from all which Mayfeld mentions, Mando, right? Specifically, Mandalore. <clears throat> Does he say it? I may have missed that in the episode. I think he said, uh, "What's the like? Whether you're from Mandalore or Alderaan, neither of them exist anymore." Yes, maybe that did trigger. Like I said, I was drunk when I watched this, so it's kind of I took notes, but I'm kind of all over the place on that one. Um, one of the the cool things, um, a throwback in this episode, it, it played well with the plot, and it, it was perfect for this. Whenever they're taking the tankard in, and they were having that big fight scene, um, it was a real kind of throwback to like a classic Western train heist scene, mm-hmm. which is another thing that's been a common theme in in, in Mandalorian is the kind of uh, samurai and Western feel, and that was like perfect. And they had some like great pan shots from the side where they're on top and just like, it's fucking, that's fucking a train heist right there. It's amazing. Did those pirates find like an Amazon deal on thermal detonators? <laughs> where they get all they I mean, they're not, they had a they're not cheap. Yeah, they're not. If you do them on Prime, they usually get there in like a day though, so they must have known big train heist coming tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, oh, the last thing I had was, was kind of a cool line when Boba Fett said he couldn't go in there. They might recognize my face. Yeah, no shit, because you're a clone of a thousand other clones. So if that I see your face, like, oh, shit, that's that guy. <laughs> At least he's still aliens probably go to Costco and uh, buy thermal detonators in bulk. Yeah. But um, yeah, pizza, that's too. what I had. Those were some of the things that kind of stuck out to me. were were pretty cool. All right, on to best scene. I have a couple uh, 
well, I guess one like mini callback that I want to reference at the end. But um, there's like obviously the big, you know, like you said, train high scene or the pirate fight on the Juggernaut Five. But the scene that I actually uh, liked the most was actually the scene where uh, it's Mayfeld. It's Mando, and then I'm trying to look up the name of that Imperial officer again, played by the guy from Batman Begins. And then in the show, his name's uh, Valen Hess. Valen Hess, yeah. When they're all sitting in the, you know, mess hall or whatever the bar is in the Imperial base, just the conversation that they're having about, and I have a minor theory about this at the very end of the review, but the conversation they're having about, like, okay, now that the Empire has quote-unquote fallen, the guy's like, we'll be back, because people, while they say they don't want to be controlled, they do need order and organization, and that's the void that the Empire fills. And then Mayfeld just talks about, like, yeah, but the cost of that, like, the things that the people on the front lines have to do, day in, day out, like, it ruins lives, and we see the damage we do. Now, you get to sit up in your little ivory tower, and just make moves with your little starburst badge on your shirt. Uh, that was a really cool scene to me. And like I said, Bill Burr, I did not know he had the capability to do that. Nor did I think the show would even ask him to do that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't think you cast Bill Burr and then write a scene for him like that. But kudos to John Favreau, Rick Fumiyu, everybody involved with this episode. Because if that goes south... Then it's like watching Kevin James try to act. I'm like, what is the fucking <laughs> comedian? The fuck is Paul trying to deliver a... in here? <laughs> exactly. Trying to deliver like a heartfelt monologue. But it connected <laughs> in all the right places. And I think the episode at that point did a really good job of like gradually slowing down from the <clears throat> Juggernaut <clears throat> 5 heist to where it just fit perfectly. So I think the pacing in this episode was really good. So that was my favorite scene. How about you, Nate? Solid. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to take the low hanging fruit on this one. Yeah, the and I just mentioned it in plot, so I won't spend too much time on it. But yeah, the classic Western train heist. It was, it was great. Um, and there a few other things in that. It was cool seeing Mando fight without his Beskar. So you see him with like an actual Imperial armor on, and he's realizing the struggles of it. And we see how shitty their armor is because it just explodes as as the pirates are hitting it. You could tell he, like, forgot he had it on <laughs> yeah. for a second. Like, it, like, Why hit is it shattering? Like, oh, the fuck just happened? It's like using someone else's golf clubs. Like, I'm shanking everything. Why is this happening? Yeah, these are yeah, an inch too short, and I can't do anything with these. Um, but, yeah, th- th- that was great. It was, it was a, a good chunk of the episode, but... And that was the, like the main action scene, but it, it packed a lot in there. And like I said, there were a little few things like that. Um, and it kind of cool added a cool aspect of like him having to like slow down. It was like purposeful because it started, I don't know, heating up or getting active. Uh, the uh, banner, what was that stuff called in there? Rhydonium? Yeah. And so it, it was kind of like a cat and mouse. <laughs> it would slow down a little bit and then speed up, uh, which added a nice little element of, of uh, intensity to it. So... That was that was probably my best my favorite scene in the episode. And I've never thought I would be happy to watch Tie Fighters fly over the ridge and kill civilians. Dude, a great point. That is a great <laughs> point as well. You're like actually rooting for the Tie Fighters. You're like, wait, what? This feels so weird. What's going on? I know. And they <laughs> fucked up those pirates. I don't know what the pirates were doing at the end. They only had thermal detonators, and they were just running at people with blasters. Yeah. Like this is really not a well thought out. Like you're in an open space. <laughs> Uh, oh, well. You know, they've, they've had better ideas. Um, but Banner, move it over to you now. So my – I'm not going to say this is the best scene, but this is my favorite scene. I think it ultimately is going to end up having the 
largest significance on Mando. And that's right after uh, Mando and Mayfeld um, get into Juggernaut 5 and they start driving down the road before the train um, heist. And Mayfield basically says, look, what's your deal? Is it you can't take your helmet off or you can't show your face? Because there is a difference. And depending on the situation you're in, you keep changing your mind. So, like, make up your mind. Who are you right now? What do you what do you need to be? And that ultimately leads Mando to make that decision that, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can to save Grogu. I'm going to take my helmet off. And then it ends with uh, Mayfield going, look, I didn't see shit. You're, you're good. Don't worry. We're square. Let's go. I think that by Mayfield having that conversation with Mando, Mando is now, this is kind of the second or third time that he's starting to question his creed. First, it was when he uh, talked to Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians. Like, look, yeah, we're taking our helmets off. You're part of a radical group. You may not understand that or realize that, but you are. And then Mayfield going, look, hey, I was part of the Empire. And, And again, a lot of this is kind of, explained after the fact but it all kind of comes down to that conversation he's been in he was in the empire or part of the imperial guard or whatever the fuck you want to call it goes to jail has a lot of time to think and now he's like look why did i do that it was kind of fucked up that i did that goes into that conversation that he had with valen hess like yeah who's suffering though shoots him then he blows up the whole factory blah 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 it all comes down to that whole conversation of look are you what are you fighting for? Why why do you believe in these things? Really take a look inside. And that's what that really, really short scene said to me. It said a whole lot. What a very insightful breakdown, Banner. I was gonna say I didn't even really think about it in that context, but yeah, <clears throat> they were not throwaway lines, any of the things he was saying to him. And no, and again Banner, this... it showed like you don't cast Bill Burr to and ask him to do something like that, and Bill Burr stepped up to the fucking plate. He knocked it out of the yeah. park. One of the cool things, this is what I liked about Rogue One. This is what I'm excited to see in the Cassian Andor series. And this is what I like about the character of Mayfeld is previously in Star Wars, like around the original trilogy, you know, the time where the Empire, I don't know if there's like a technical name for their reign when they had basically like control of the galaxy. But we've always seen it from the vantage point of like the evil Emperor and Darth Vader and, you know, sometimes... uh Tarkin and and Krennic or whoever, but these guys at the top calling the shots and to see the people like the Mayfelds, like the grunts, you know, for lack of a better term, the guys that are actually the ones getting this stuff done and have to go walk into a village and murder like a bunch of women and children, to see their perspective and how ruthless and brutal and like how the Empire derived its power is pretty harrowing and powerful stuff and i just think it adds a whole layer of complexity to the original trilogy that you just never think about you're just like oh evil bad guy with black cape but he can't do that if guys like mayfeld aren't willing to roll into a town and light huts on fire which Mm. has been all right anything else before we move on to my favorite part of every review the theories and questions all good all right my first question this is not really like leading anywhere just something that i thought of did Mando's blaster run out of lasers? What was that? I've heard of them overheating, but it made like a click, like the clip was empty. Then so he had to throw it. I think what it is, is I think they have like a charge in them, almost like a battery, and that's what creates the lasers. 
I also may be making all of this up, but it's going to sound like it fits. And it ran out of juice. It wasn't his blaster. That was actually the Stormtrooper's blaster whose armor he was wearing because you, know, you got to sell the look. And that's what ran out. Yeah, I, that sounds familiar, and I don't even know where it's from. But yeah, like it, it's, it has a charge in it that goes in. Obviously not like ammo, but like some type of charge um, that keeps it going. But I have nothing to back that up either. I remember in playing Star Wars Battlefront on the PS2, Banner, I know you and I played this religiously in college. Oh, yeah. Uh, your lasers, like you, if you shoot rapidly, they overheat, but they cool down like pretty quickly, which is why I was just confused what his gun was. Cause it didn't look like super powerful, like Chewbacca's crossbow gun where I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, that probably only has like five shots. I don't know. It was basically like the rape whistle equivalent of a, of a blaster. It was not like that strong. It's something you keep in your purse, you know, when you're walking. Just in your case. Night. Yeah. <clears throat> if you're dressed skankily and you want to. Just have a little bit of protection on you. So for Banner's case, every time he leaves the house. Yeah. Give me the f- shorts can't be lower than your fingertips, but okay. Yeah. I had a few more, but we'll do round robin. Banner, how about you? Um, just real quick, I'm gonna double down on my what? I don't know. I don't know why your delivery made me laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I have I have no reason why. I thought it was like an anticipatory laugh. He's like, whatever he says, I'm going to laugh at. So <laughs> it may have been that too. <laughs> it's like this is gonna be <laughs> fucking <laughs> stupid. Yeah, let me get a running start here on the laugh. Sorry. Uh, I'm just gonna double down on my big battle royale of three teams all fighting for that dark saber. Um, the deeper and deeper we get into this, the less and less likely I think it's actually gonna happen. But I got to stick to my guns. And it's still not out of the realm of possibility that that can happen. I think I don't think it's necessarily probable, but we can't rule it out. It's like mathematically, would, it's not eliminated from the playoffs yet. No, I, I would say you have like a fifteen percent chance. Like I don't even think it would be like insane if it happened. It's not I mean, insane. Half, yeah, half the team was in this episode. Yeah, you know? I just. I don't know if that's at the end of this season. I don't know if that's what the big fight is going to be over because I know it, yours, pre, pre, uh, the premonition on yours is kind of around the dark saber, right? Yes. Yeah. Which it's weird has really not been at all important this season. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's, and that's what I think I was trying to talk about when I was saying the show's biggest strength is its biggest weakness is we have all of these, breadcrumbs but they're not leading to like it doesn't feel like it's leading to anything it's just a bunch of information that we have yeah like yeah, the dark I, saber and i feel that met 30 fucking people that have only been in one episode yeah and it i mean obviously this kind of got put on hold but what this may just be leading into another question uh, whenever we can figure out what the fuck Grogu did on that rock, because that, that was kind of like the main thing driving everything for several episodes is getting Grogu to a Jedi, getting him trained or getting him just wherever he needs to go. And now that's kind of been put on hold, but um, I guess it kind of goes towards what you're saying. You're getting like all these breadcrumbs and then kind of gets convoluted. Yeah. It was like they had some real momentum with that of, Oh, okay. We need to find a Jedi. We find a Sokotana. No, I'm not going to do it. Go to this place and see if he reaches out. Oh, he does reach out. Now what's going to happen. Oh, he gone. That's it. Yeah. Nate, what'd you have? I really honestly don't have any theories. Um, anything that I've said in the past on any of the episodes, I still am kind of sticking to all those. I don't think anything really changed in this episode that 
would change my mind on anything I said previously. So I have like one stupid question, and it was just kind of at the end of the episode. What the fuck is Mayfield going to do? They just let him go on this planet. I don't think he knows anyone there. They just blew up the fucking base with any life forms on it. He's just going to go like Bear grill style and just go keep out. Dude, he's going to be drinking his own piss. <laughs> I, don't I think know. He, he was like too proud to ask for a ride off the planet. But <laughs> the second they leave, he's like, dude, I don't even have my cell phone. He turns around and says, oh, fuck, never mind. Okay. I was a little disappointed that he didn't like volunteer to like go with them to get Grogu back. I think it was more like a with Cara Dune being an officer now, she can't be seen like or associated with him or around him without having questions. So she, I, I think that was kind but of. But it's main... okay for her to be around an assassin, Boba Fett, and a known criminal in Mando. I mean, no, uh, I mean, I mean the 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 uh, X wing fighters let him off too. So I don't know if he has like too much of a record at this point. With like and Boba Fett, yeah. I don't think anyone knows even exists. Same with no. Fennec. She might think she's dead. I, I think Mayfield is going to realize soon, too. He's like, I left my wallet on that ship when they took off. But we're just in such a hurry to get out of there. I'm pretty sure I had a Smoothie King coupon that's going to expire next month. I need to get that back. I needed one more punch, and I got a free One more meal. punch out. Mm. And those are like $7. A medium Smoothie King's expensive. And I was going to start working out next week, so I needed that protein and everything. So Next week. All right. <laughs> so four more cheat days. Uh, I had a theory that the speech given, I keep forgetting his name, Nate, y'all know you've said it three times. Uh, Hess. It is Hess. Speech given by Hess in the mess hall. That is the precursor or basically setting up the rise of the First Order in the sequel trilogy. Um, like essentially using a lot of the infrastructure from yeah. the Shattered Empire. They look the same. Their mission is essentially the same. And he's basically saying like, for aesthetics and for vanity, you know, we can repurpose this thing, call it something else so that people don't feel like we're this uh, fascist regime, but we all know what the fuck it is. It's the same goddamn thing that you had before. You just need order in the galaxy because maybe the outer rim gets too out of control and people are willing to punt a lot of their civil liberties just to have that semblance of control from the government. Can I uh, expand on that, Horns? Please. <clears throat> so I love that theory. I'm going to take it one further, though, and I think the cre actual first creator of the First Order, who's going to assemble it and get it, uh, get the get the gears moving again, is going to be Thrawn. Then you're going to have Snoke come in and kill Thrawn and take it over. What? <laughs> Turn up the heat. I and my with Thrawn being all CGI and and all that bullshit. There is zero reason that they can't bring him into this. And I think that would almost legitimize him a little bit in this. Ah, never mind. You can't, Wait, hold you up. Can't. Hold on. What, what do you mean by just Thrawn being CGI? Not Thrawn. Snoke. Oh. oh okay. Be, okay. Snoke being so, so Thrawn, CGI right? heavy. Yeah. And the, you know, the, what was it called? Um, Mocap. Oh. Being that, that they have the technology to do that. There's it wouldn't be that hard or that far-fetched to bring Snoke as a character back because it doesn't necessarily have to be played by Andy Serkis. Not that Andy Serkis wouldn't be game. He would do it. I see, I see. Gotcha. I have a question for you two that will I will then uh, base my theory off of. So this past week at the Disney investor meeting, whole shitload of news. I'm assuming this actually might be a great thing to talk about on our next episode, all the stuff they announced. But... An Ahsoka Tana series 
uh, led by Rosario Dawson on Disney Plus was announced. So let me ask you to this. Do you think that series will take place prior to meeting her in The Mandalorian or after meeting her in The Mandalorian? Because I have a theory, depending on what we think. Nate, how about Banner, you? on the count of three, you say before or after. Ready? One, two, three. Before. Yes. Fuck you. I think before. I think, I think before we're going to have... And maybe this is just because this is what I want. I think we're going to have major crossovers between Mandalorian and Ahsoka. Almost where you can watch one episode of one and then jump to another episode and then jump to another episode. Because they're teamed up and working together. Um, But yet each series still makes sense on its own. And we're going to get a bunch of flashbacks to before the events of the Mandalorian. Of her like knowing something in present time. And then thus showing us how she learned that in pre-Mandalorian time. Like Slumdog Millionaire. Yes, just like Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> exactly like that. Yes. Yeah, my theory is uh, this So Katana is going to be on a Star Wars game show. <laughs> Solid. For Rupees. a million Republic credits. Rupees. My theory, theory? Is, my theory is this season ends with Ahsoka Tana taking Grogu to train him. And that is essentially her show. Love mm. it. That's I mean, way I, better than what I just thought of. I would definitely. Well, so that is what you just thought of, right? You said like they're basically interweaving with each other. Yeah. You know, so what she's doing is concurrent to the Mandalorian timeline. And if that Mandalorian civil war happens that I predicted, she'll probably undoubtedly be pulled in. Or if Thrawn is the overarching bad guy going forward. I mean, she was searching for him just two episodes ago. So. Do we think think Thrawn is going to be the bad guy in her show and he's actually not going to be in the Mandalorian anymore? Ooh, very good. Um, I think I definitely think it's very realistic. He'll be the bad guy in her show, but I still strongly believe that he will be shown in probably hologram form in this season of Mando. Yeah. That way, I mean, we're assuming the casting is TBD unless they've really been able to keep it tight lipped. I've heard a I've heard a rumor that it's actually uh, Mads Mikkel's brother. Um, He's he voices him, huh? Oh, okay. I didn't know he had a brother. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, he voices Thrawn in the uh, Rebels show, and there's a rumor that they're going to bring him to the live action side as well. Very interesting. Yeah. So Krennic's brother is Thrawn. Yeah. Or sorry, Urso. Urso's yeah. brother Krennic. Krennic is uh, Ben Mendelsohn. The last thing I had was just a few, and I mentioned about these earlier, just finale predictions that I have for the season finale for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm predicting a quote-unquote major death. So someone in the group we saw will die. Cara Dune. <clears throat> I, I hope it's Cara Dune. I, I really hope it is. But it could Griff could show up. It could be... Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be mad if they from, killed Carl uh, Weathers. Yeah. Uh, I could, if it was yeah, done I tastefully. I don't know if Fennec dying would mean anything because we thought she died and she just came back. But I think someone on the team will die. Uh, I think Ahsoka yeah. will show back up. Sorry, Nate, I cut you off. Oh, no, I was just saying I agree. Like, uh, I don't think Fennec would be like a huge important, like a huge character death because, like you said, we thought she was dead. She kind of just came back. She's been important so far to the last two episodes, but... Yeah, I don't think it'd be a huge death if it did happen. Yeah. 
We already said this, but I think we will get an, a Thrawn appearance via hologram. And one other thing that I'm kind of holding out for, but it, this may be more... Uh, well, maybe they could just dive into this in the Ahsoka Tana series, but uh, I think we will find out the actual relation uh, between Grogu and Master Yoda. I could see that being something Moff Gideon mentions, or if Ahsoka does show back up, realizing after he got on the seeing stone and communicated to her, maybe that's information she now has. So that would that's be, all I yeah, got. be a great little thread to go off of for the last episode. Cause for all we know now, they're just the same species, I guess. I don't know. Do we, <laughs> I guess we're assuming a relation, but it hasn't been explicitly said. The last observation that I had on this episode, was this the first episode that we did not see Grogu at all? Wow. Yeah, I guess so. Out of 15 episodes. The pilot, pilot, he shows up the last second, right? When he opens the... uh, Yeah, he uh, shows up at the very end. And then there's a lot of episodes where he's at, he kind of bookends it, but he's not in the middle for all the action and the fighting. Mm -hmm. But we didn't get anything of him at all which makes sense because he's gone i mean we don't know where the fuck he's at but yeah i think that's probably probably the only one it's a great point and i I don't want to say i didn't miss him but this episode had enough going for it and enough going on that i'm there wasn't really a moment where i was like dude show us baby show me the child as the guys (laughs) does in the first season i want to see the baby (laughs) you get you get a little like old yiddish woman there he's that's supposed to be super german guy <laughs> uh dang it yeah what's his name i can't remember, remember the dude's name here I'll yeah i didn't i didn't necessarily i didn't miss him by any means and Her i didn't God. want him hergs 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 something or Werner herzog yeah there it is <laughs> also looking back i forgot nick nolte was in season one i really miss his character now i have yeah. spoken that's your that was your major death in the first season yeah. God, when they killed him, I was fucking pissed. I almost cried. But she didn't. Because I'm a I'm, man. And I'm proud of you. Are you guys got anything else? No. That's all I got. Like I said, that, that's all I got for any questions or anything going on. Man, the season finale is next week. So weird. I mean, season three has been green lit, but... Uh, yeah. I don't know when filming is going to start. I'm assuming COVID is still kind of impacting them a little bit, but who knows? All right. Excited. For the American hero, Nate Thurmond, and the mad scientist, Brian Banner, I'm the mayor, Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro4 Squad podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Join us next week for our review of the finale of season two of The Mandalorian, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube by typing in Bro4Squad as three separate words. You can follow us on Twitter, at Bro4Squad, and check out everything that we post on our website, Bro4Squad.com. Till next time, we need to go uh, get our face scanned by this arcade machine. I'm not taking my helmet off. How did that work? Like, Because it wasn't supposed to recognize his face, right? That's what I was thinking. They're like, you're going to scan your face. I'm like... Okay, it, sh- it should be like a face they know of a, of a, of a trooper or something. But yeah, yeah, it's not no, it's not facial recognition. It's just like, like maybe, we just need we just need a picture in case maybe we need it was like a, a maybe it was like uh, when you're checking out online now. It's the check the box. I'm not a robot. 